Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy podcast, and I am thrilled to have you guys meet Catherine Budig. She's an internationally celebrated yoga teacher and author known for her accessibility, humor, and ability to empower her students through her message. With over a decade of experience in her field, she is the yoga contributor to Women's Health Magazine. She writes weekly for Yoga Journal and serves on the Yahoo Health Advisory Board, as well as contributing regular recipes. She's a sponsored athlete in Under Armour's I Will What I Want campaign, an ambassador for Ford's Warriors and pink and the founder of her animal project poses for pause she's the creator of the aim true yoga dvd and she's also the author of the women's health big book of yoga and most recently she's just released her second book aim true so let's get started Catherine, welcome to the show i'm so excited to have you on oh me too thank you Lori. 
So, you know, something that I love about you, I've followed you for a little while and I truly feel like, especially just from getting to talk to you briefly before this, I feel like what I'm seeing is what I'm getting and you really are so incredibly um, authentic, even through your posts and just through everything that you're putting out there and all of your content. I can tell that you have true, true care for people that they, that you absolutely want them to see their potential, love themselves, you know, become that person that they can be. And I know that you have a lot of tools to do that. And I love on your website, it's, it says that you're a warrior for self-acceptance, honesty, Mm -hmm. and finding true balance. And I also know that you have, um, a book that we're so excited about that we're going to talk about more later, but it's called aim true. And I love this title, love your body eat without fear, nourish your spirit and discover true balance. Like everything right there. (laughs) I'm like, I want it. Give it to me. Tell me how to get it. So (laughs) I would love if you could tell us what exactly, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but what exactly is your message and what occurrences in your life made you realize what that message was? Sure. So aim true, aside from being the title of my book, that's what I go around lecturing and teaching about. And so something that's been part of my life for a very long time, and it was a, a derivative from the Greek goddess Artemis, who's the goddess of the hunt. And she was my favorite when I was a little girl, but it wasn't until I became a young woman in society that I learned more about her story. And, and basically her story is that she knew she was different. She didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have a family. She wanted to go live in the woods and be with her sisters and her tribe and do her own thing. And as a woman in society, I was so mesmerized by that because it's very rare in this day and age that you see someone uninfluenced by the expectations of others who is completely confident with being exactly who they are. And that was something that I was struggling with in my life. So she became this unbelievable role model to me. And I I found a prayer that was written to her in the first line of the prayer was make my aim true. Mm. So that's where I started my journey towards what the hell does this mean? (laughs) How Mm. do I do it? Because I want to be this bold. I want to be this confident in what I want and not what I'm feeling influenced by or pushed towards. Mm. So that became a lesson for myself that worked so well that I began sharing it with my readers and my students and um, you know, something obviously that I have to work towards every single day because it's not like you just get this message and voila, you're changed forever. You know, it's that daily practice, that daily uh, choice to, to show up and, and aim true. But yeah, that's that's kind of the background of where it comes from. Mm, I love that. So was there a time for you when you absolutely felt the opposite of balance in your life? And, and what did that look like if, if that was a time for you? Oh my gosh. I mean, yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I hear you. Yeah. You know, the, when I found the prayer, I was in a a plateaued part of my life where I, I was not finding success in love. I was struggling with some family relationships. I just was not in a good place. And so when I started focusing on what it meant for me to aim true and saying this prayer that really switched things up for me. And, and to this day, it's, you know, I think being someone who's been in the wellness world for such a long time, you know, we, we sing these praises about do this to find balance and do that when, you know, the rest of our life will be finding the maintenance of balance. It's not like you can take this pill or eat this vegetable or do this meditation and everything's going to be better. This is a, a daily practice, a daily affirmation of like, this is how I want to feel because we're human and crappy things happen to us. And even if we have a beautiful head on our shoulders, like we are going to be affected. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, I live a very busy life, a blessed one. It's amazing, but I'm always trying to strike that balance between how hard am I working? How hard am I relaxing? Am I seeing my friends and family? And, am I, you know, giving my book the justice that it deserves by working hard, but uh, you know, did I eat good food? Did I eat cake? I need to eat some cake. You know, finding that that balance between green juice and wine and and everything is kind of mm. daily for me. Oh my gosh, I, see, I love that you said that because that is so. I mean, that is it's a daily thing. It's like having the tools because you never really you never really change feeling like 
um, going from sometimes we can feel like, oh my God, it's Monday and you go from one extreme to the next, especially the weekend hitting Monday. And, and it's just constantly different things that we have to do. So I love knowing that, you know, you just have these different tools and, and you would ask yourself, even in that sentence, just a lot of different questions. Like, what do I need right now? Do I need cake or do I need green juice or do I need, (laughs) so it's really switching those questions. So I love that. Those were great, great points. So I believe so much of what makes people happy is just movement and really following those curiosities. So for you, I know movement is such a big part of it and it's, you know, a lot of it is yoga for you. So what has yoga done for you? Why yoga has it saved you from something? Uh, you know, yoga in particular, and I've been an athlete my entire life, but yoga was one of the first athletic endeavors that I pursued that really went beyond the physicality for me because unrolling the yoga mat, I mean, obviously I think we've all experienced this where you're in a crap mood and what you really need is you need those endorphins. You need that rush. And maybe the last thing you want to do is slap on a pair of tennis shoes or put on a pair of stretchy pants. But you know if you can just exert yourself for at least, you know, five minutes or ten minutes, it makes a world of difference in how you're feeling. So I love that aspect of yoga because I don't think anyone has ever taken a yoga class and come out of Shavasana at the end and been like, wow, that sucked. I'm just so upset that I took the time to do that. Said no one ever, you know. So it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful in that physical sense, but it's also – the yoga practice is really amazing when it comes to your mentality and how you think and when it's really easy to to get into this tiny little space where you can't see the past the tip of your own nose in a situation but i feel like after you do a yoga practice it gives you the tools to really step back and observe what's truly going on instead of this you know often highly dramatic rendition or story that you told yourself so it brings you back into a place that is honest and a place that is it feels like there's potential to survive and not only potential to survive, but to do better. So that's why I, I keep coming back to yoga. And I do lots of things. I, I, I run, I do martial arts, I'll do circuit training and I love all of it. But it's just, I feel like yoga is the one that really uh, massages my brain as well as my body. Mm, totally. That's why, that is why I love yoga is it's really that time for me to, um, sit and I, I feel like I get, uh, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I'm a lot more receptive during it. I'm kind of open and mm-hmm. I can hear that message and it's really a beautiful thing. So do you have a traditional yoga practice or what is it that you most love to focus on when you are a doing yoga and b teaching yoga? Traditional? No, <laughs> I, I practiced Ashtanga yoga for a really long time, which is very traditional and beyond that, vinyasa flow is my main practice. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I do what feels good. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to do this exact routine for 60 minutes at this time every single day. I do yoga when it strikes me, when it feels good, the poses that are calling to me. Sometimes I want to do restorative. Sometimes I want to bounce up in the handstands and be really sweaty and active. And I'm just at a point in my life where I really listen to what's going to make me feel better. Not what should I, what do I think I should be doing to feel like I can pat myself on the back, but what am I actually physically craving? And that makes a world of difference for me because, you know, the yoga practice is all encompassing. It's, it can cool you down. It can fire you up. And it's just up to you. You know, what gear do you want to shift into when you step onto your yoga mat? Mm, I love that. Just following how you feel. And I think that takes, I mean, obviously we know that takes so much pressure off. Like, what do I feel like today? As long as you make sure you do it. So how do you, you know, as long as we make sure that we are moving, because I think there's, um, these questions we can ask, like, what do I feel like today? Well, I really don't feel like anything again. <laughs> right. But how do we make sure we keep that fine line of discipline, but following how we feel? Do you have any tips on that? Well, I think for those kind of days where it doesn't, like a big fiery practice doesn't seem like a good idea, then go on a walk, you know, get outside. There's nothing fiery about going on a walk, but you're still moving your body. You're out in nature. You're breathing in some fresh air. You know, it doesn't, the the thing with having a physical practice of some form that I think we become slaves to is thinking that it has to be a certain thing. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, as long as you're moving your body in some form, that counts. So whether it's like long walks with your dog or going on a couple mile or half a mile or whatever you like to run, run or doing a vinyasa flow practice, I think it's just uh, and, and duration also for me too. I think a lot of people get hung up on, I have to sweat for 20 minutes. I have to sweat for 60 minutes when a lot of us are mothers or fathers or students or, you know, CEOs, like you're so freaking busy 
So as long as you carve out something and don't get attached to the duration, but you take the time to do something, I think that's ultimately what matters. That's beautiful. And that's so helpful. So that brings me to the next thing, because I really, um, when I first started my, uh, a meditation practice, whatever that looks like for me on that given day, I Mm -hmm. really, I basically started and quit and started and quit and then quit, quit, quit. And then (laughs) because I thought it had to look like 20 to 30 minutes of just really focusing on nothing, which is obviously impossible (laughs) for our brains. (laughs) So going with that theme of feeling good, tell me about, because I know meditation is um, a theme kind of within your site and kind of what what you're doing um, from what I picked up. So I want to know what, uh, you know, for people maybe who've never meditated, people who do have a practice, can you tell me a little bit about um, what it does for you, why, why you believe in it? So what you said earlier is really dead on about, you know, this idea that you have to sit for a long time and that you have to think about nothing because that's not the human condition. So what I wrote about in my book was basically meditation for beginners, and I gave them many different styles. And not many people realize that there actually are many different ways to meditate, like there are many different styles of yoga. And I have personally found that mantra meditation is one of the easiest ways for people to get into meditation. And that's when you attach a statement to your inhale and your exhale. So basically think of it like a a positive affirmation. So one that I was taught that I use all the time is as you inhale, and, and I normally do this in the morning, as you inhale, you think I am energized. And as you exhale, you think I am focused. And you just repeat that over and over again. Inhale, I am energized. Exhale, I am focused. Mm-hmm. But I want to encourage someone to set a timer because if you set a timer, you're just going to meditate on your timer going off. You know, So it, it's better if you can just sit there, do the meditation, do the mantra. And then when you feel like, okay, I'm, I can feel my heart rate going down. I can feel myself getting more connected. Maybe you'll want to sit longer or maybe that's enough and then you can move on. Mm-hmm. But just simplicity. I mean, meditating for one minute is good. That's a great start. Don't think that it isn't. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love the I am energized and I'm focused because <laughs> because I really find even just, you know, I woke up yesterday morning and um, I had gone, I, we, had, we had a really beautiful evening with friends and I had had a couple cocktails and a whole lot of chocolate covered almonds. Um, um. <laughs> and it was amazing, right? But I just, I found that I wasn't experiencing, like I wasn't getting into gratitude because I was kind of sitting in this like, oh, why did I do that? Like beating myself up for no reason. Mm. And I, I was like, no, that was amazing. I had the most wonderful evening. Like, and now I have this perfect day to go and do a run and use that as fuel. And it's, it's so easy to not be focused. So I sat down and I literally just focused on being grateful for, I looked at the trees, I looked at the sky, I smelled the air because if we go through our day without actually getting focused and even hearing that word, that's why I loved that so much. Now I'm going to use that. So thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like getting focused on how you want to feel because before that I wasn't exactly feeling how I wanted to feel right. I wasn't feeling grateful for the evening. I was feeling bad about it for no reason. So thanks for that. I think all of you guys are going to be able to carry that with you. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful um, phrase and mantra to start with. So um, let's see here. Where am I? Okay. So I know you're on the road a lot right now. It looks like I looked at your schedule and I was like, oh my God, my heart is racing just from, (laughs) just from seeing all of like your, your different cities that you're in. And I know for somebody probably, uh, as well, and you can answer, answer this for me, but someone who, you know, is really rooted in their practices and loves rituals and loves practices. Does that throw you off at all? What are you finding is your toughest thing while you're on the road and how are you dealing with it? How are you taking this on the road? You know, I, I've really been traveling like this since probably 2008, 2009. So I'm used to the chaos. You know, it, it's, it, it is normal for me to be on the road. Obviously, with the book tour, it's amplified right now. Uh, and so I'm comfortable with my routine being routine lists because I have no other choice. And, and don't get me wrong, I miss waking up with my dogs. I miss going to my favorite coffee shop in the morning and, and seeing all the people who know my name and and going on the walks and cooking my food in my house and my bed. But I think maybe 
when I do get those things, they're all the more special to me now because they're precious. And so things that I might be taking for granted on a regular basis all of a sudden are special. Mm. So that's where I have to flip my perspective because it's so easy to just pull out the mini violin on a regular basis and be like, woe is me. I'm by myself. I'm on the road. I don't get to eat what I want to eat. I don't get to do my workouts and my practice like I want to. You know, I don't know these people. Or I could flip it and be like, I get to see the world. I have friends everywhere that I go now. I'm going to have all these amazing experiences. When I get home, I'm going to love on my dog my sleep on my bed even harder than I normally do. <laughs> so but it is such a practice because it, it's very easy to feel sad. Mm-hmm. Um, travel is innately kind of a lonely thing if you're not doing it for vacation purposes. Um, so, you know, I, I bring good books. I, I put shows on my phone. I bring my essential oils to perk me up immediately. You know, I have all my little like powders and pills that I take to, to keep myself feeling healthy and driven. And all of my little tools that I've learned, these are comforting. And, and this is like having a, a slice of home with me when I am far away from it. Oh, girl, I so needed that because I have um, quite a bit of travel coming up. So I'm literally going to you just made me realize I'm going to create like a little comfort kit, whether I have to yeah. say that or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you for that packing oils, all of that stuff just to find the comforts. Um, on the road and to be grateful. So thanks for that nice reset. (laughs) So just real quick, because this is probably the most important thing we have in common. And that is our love of our dogs. Um, (laughs) So I was looking at yours. Is, Is it Ashy? Ashi. Yeah. Oh short God, for Ashi. Shanga. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. And it's a puggle and it's, it's ridiculously cute. I have a golden doodle named waffles. So yes. Uh, <laughs> so yes, you, <laughs> you miss your dogs when you're on the road. Okay. So, um, like you, I'm always urging people to just listen to their soul, follow their curiosities. Um, and in that way, you know, hoping to reveal their purpose and really make them feel connected, like what makes them feel connected. And, and to also, you know, if you have a calling in your soul to get that out, or it's going to consume you, right. It can eat you alive. So there's so many women who are listening right now who maybe look at, at what you've created for your life and what you've done. And I think it's important. I would love, love, love if you would share any fear or blocks or sabotage that comes up around that and how, um, you know, you follow that call to make sure you are getting your wisdom and your words out there. Right. Well, I I think it's very normal for women or humans actually to, to have a desire to have something that they want to put out into the world. But if it doesn't happen on the time frame that you desire that we get upset and we get sidetracked thinking, okay, it hasn't happened. I don't have the support system of my peers. I haven't gotten enough wins lately. I'm going to let this go. And as someone, I'm such an overachiever. And if things don't happen on the calendar, I want them to, I can get frustrated really quickly. So I would just recommend for anyone who's trying to pursue their passions, like you have to stick to your guns and you have to know just because you've finally, let's say, chosen whatever it is that you want to change about your life, whether it's, you know, leaving a relationship or moving to a different state or starting a new job, like it takes time. And the, I guess basically the, the best analogy I can think of is that when you're reading a fairy tale and it has the happily ever ending that happens, like there are so many chapters with so much crap that has to happen first before you can get to your happily ever after. Mm. So just because you're not at this like amazing part in the story doesn't mean that you're not totally moving in the direction that you need to and understanding that the low moments are comprised of what's going to pull you back up into the good ones. So that that's just really important because I think, you know, we want the pats on the back. We want the constant reaffirmation like, yes, that's good, good work. You know, everyone loves that, but it's not always going to be there for you. So be a soldier, be strong in those moments of being, feeling like you're alone and you have no direction because that's when you really have to listen to your intuition and you have to listen to what makes your heartbeat and know that you stick to that even without the approval of others. Mm, that's beautiful. And that's so true. How, how often do we not get to see that part of people's journey? So that brings me to asking you about your, it can be lately, it can be your biggest one, whatever it is, but you know, a, a lot of my favorite um, lessons, life experiences, turning points in my life have come from some of the lowest points or biggest failures. Have you had any of those recently where you've just been like, whoa, okay, that creates some beautiful contrast. Oh now I know where I need to go. Yeah, I, I'm, I am in a ton of transition in my life right now. And 
and so many relationships work and personal, and it has not been even remotely fun. And I can't really say that I've gotten to the other side yet, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I have complete faith that all of this, you know, it's like the, the cookie jar has been completely shook up and it's all crumbly right now. But I mean, cookie crumbles are delicious, right? So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just, I'm waiting to take this transformation into something that is going to be absolutely beautiful. And I'm in a place of being patient right now and, and being comfortable with not knowing the end of the story and, and making sure that I show up daily and that I may mean true and I'm setting my intention and I'm doing my best. And if I continue to do that, that I'm going to be back on top before you know it. Mm. Oh, woman, I am like living side by side you on that one right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm like high-fiving you from across the country. Thank here. you. Yes. Um, <laughs> we can do it. And it's, it's finding that happiness in that like kind of interim because I think it's like, oh, I'm happy when, you know, I was happy over here and when things all felt fine and when I didn't have to worry about this or that or everything just felt neutral, right? But so much beautiful contrast. I'm like, wow, well, I'm really experiencing happiness today because I'm getting a little bit of peace outside of what happened yesterday. So it's just, it's really, it's those moments, right? Like those little Mm -hmm. glimpses and you're like, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know so much. Um, I mean, for me, this is a really big word for me right now. Uh, can you, can you tell I'm like getting my own coaching through this? So thanks for that. Um, (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God, this was like so needed for me today. Um, so the word allowing or allowing myself, like what does allowing really mean? Because you know, what I'm doing now, it comes from a past of extremes. It was like, I, I was either full on or I was like, full off. So now Mm. I'm really embracing this word allowing and when I'm allowing myself to do these things that I enjoy or whatever that balance looks like to me, I really have to focus on that word. So do you have a word or, you know, something when you find yourself swinging from one end of the pendulum to, to the next, like how do you kind of reel yourself in? Right. Oh no, I think that's a great word allowing and and giving yourself permission. Mm. Uh, You know, it's, I guess, unapologetically would be a good word for me, too, where, you know, the choices that I make are coming from an unapologetic place where this is me, this is what I need, Uh, you know, it's okay if you don't understand me, I don't need you to, because I understand myself, Mm. And, and getting back into that really just confident place, which goes along with what you're talking about, too, is that allowing yourself, allowing yourself to rest, allowing yourself to push harder, allowing yourself... To, to just live in the semblance of, of balance, allowing yourself for me to turn off my brain. Like the, I, it has become so difficult for me in the past couple of years, really, to allow myself to sit down and watch a movie and enjoy myself. You know, like I have to put my phone or computer in a separate room to truly let myself sit on a sofa for a couple hours and watch something without feeling the need to be doing something else. Mm. Um, and, you know, getting back into that place where my brain can be stimulated by one thing and not five, like it normally is. Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, which I think probably everyone listening is experiencing that. Mm-hmm. If you live in 2016, that's kind of happening to everyone now. But, um, you know, getting back to a place of more simplicity, I guess simplicity would be a lovely word. I would like more simplicity in my life as well. Oh, man, that's a good word. <laughs> so is permission. So is unapologetically. unapologetically. Yes, yes, yes. I'm over here like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So some of the best advice you've ever gotten that just rings in your brain? Uh, enjoy being a beginner. It'll only happen to you once. That has been amazing for me. Um, and also, you know, to, to basically be open to helping anyone who asks it of you, especially if that person makes you uncomfortable or intimidates you, Mm. you know, this ability to, if you have gotten to a certain level to share your wisdom and to remember that there is room for absolutely everyone and that no one can be you, so they can't steal anything from you. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Okay, so it's it might be one and the same, but best advice around, or best entrepreneur advice, maybe around business or what you're doing right now with your book. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, it, kind of what I talked about earlier is that, you know, ability to you have to fully believe in your idea and you can't be dependent on the opinion of someone else. Like if you don't believe in it, it's not going to work. So you could have a support system of 50 people or maybe it's just you, but you need to make sure that this is exactly what makes your heart beat, exactly what you get excited about. 
And because it's just that you're going to have your high moments and you're going to have the incredibly low moments and expect both. And the low moments are only going to make you stronger. And uh, you just need to <laughs> climb, drag yourself <laughs> through mm. those moments to get to the other side. But I think that's what it means to be an entrepreneur is that you, you have to be unique. You have to be strong and you have to have what it takes to, to handle those highs and lows. Um. Beautiful. So that kind of moves me into the next question. And like I said, these are all, you can kind of see, it's kind of all the same theme when you're living your passion and what you love. But at what point did you really start creating um, the business that you have now? And how did you get into really um, kind of understanding how to grow what you're doing right now? Yeah, you know, my career is very unique because there isn't exactly a blueprint to follow. You know, um, I, I knew I wanted, once I became a yoga and teacher, I wanted to do that, but I knew I didn't want to just teach at a studio somewhere. So, you know, I slowly started taking on clients, slowly started doing more traveling and workshops. And, and I also have a writing background. So I thought, okay, well, why don't I start writing about yoga? And it started out simple, like writing about these three poses to help with anxiety and then I thought, well, what about if I just start writing about emotionally what's going on and, and start writing about my life? And before you knew it, that led me down the direction of, of blogging for magazines and writing for online websites and, and writing my own books. And, and so it's just, you know, knowing you, what your talents are, you know, knowing what your voice is, knowing what your offering is. And then once you, you realize, okay, these are, this is where I really strive, this is where I excel, then leaning on that and getting as deep into these wells of creativity as you can within the talents that you know you possess. And so mine just became this, and I love food. So, and I have been around amazing chefs for most of my life. So I've learned a lot through them and through my travel. And that's how I started my food blog. And that's how I ended up having my new book, which is virtually half cookbook, you know, so it's just, uh, and not, I've never limited myself either. I've never told myself you can't do that. And I have told myself that, oh, that's going to be really freaking hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not insane, but I've never told myself that you are small. You were just a yoga teacher. This is all you're able to do. You know, I, I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to do with my life and I'm just being intelligent about it. And I also know to be amazing at anything. It takes time and perseverance and experience. So I just try to constantly plant the seeds and surround myself with the proper people who are intelligent and inspire me and encourage me to, to grow on a regular basis. Mm, awesome. So I know, you know, in order to keep a business running, in order to keep it going, it's like, yes, so much of what, um, you know, you do is like, it's inspired. It's maybe what you're learning right now and you want to put it out because it's so real for you. And you're so incredibly authentic that it's, I feel it in all that you're doing. I'm like, this must be something she's working with right now, or maybe she just experienced this, or maybe this is, you know, something you're going through right now. But, um, you know, is there a time I'm, I'm trying to really help women when they ask me that question as well, who want something, who really want to grow their business and get out there. And they do like a heart centered business that there's this, there's this time for effort and there's time for surrender. And it's kind of, right. you have to know this time of like, okay, this is kind of a push time. Like this is really when I have to get this out there. Maybe you're launching a program or, or doing something around that, but then there's these surrender times, but what does it look like for you when you're really to, to really keep up with a consistent business? Do you schedule out? What, what does that look like for you? Especially with this book tour, like how far out do you have to go with your schedule? <laughs> I know that's like the most crazy question ever, no, but um, I, I'm normally booked a year in advance, honestly, mm -hmm. uh, which is, uh, I'm grateful, but mm -hmm. I also sometimes feel like a caged animal when that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's just how it works in my world, but especially for something like a book tour. That's something, there's so many different turning wheels that I had to book this out in advance to make sure everything was going to be okay. And, you know, I looked into what countries. Uh, is my book going to release on what dates? And so can I simultaneously plan travel? So I'll be teaching in those countries when the book comes out mm. and looking at in advance and, and that kind of way. But, um, 
you know, what you're saying about you need to know when to push and you need to know when to surrender. That's huge. I mean, I have been busting my butt for this book tour and, and doing so much PR and, and really hitting my social hard and traveling all over the place. And, you know, I started to reach a point where I was just manically checking my Amazon numbers and, and checking in with my team and it didn't feel good. It just felt unhealthy. And I was so dependent on results that that was my answer was like, okay, and this is the surrender part. You know, you've put in as much as you can. You have an amazing team. I mean, my heart has bled onto these pages. Like my my message is out there and now I just have to trust that it is going to fall into the hands of the people who need to hear it the most. And that's the surrender part, which is really difficult when you push for so long. But if I I recommend this to anyone listening, you cannot just push 100% of the time. You will blow out. I mean, it's just... You cannot burn your candle at both ends like that for long. Like, yes, it's going to happen at some point, and I know it's not healthy, but it happens to everybody. But need to learn when to just trust that you have done your best, and now let it let it be. Mm. Like, it, it's going to get to where it needs to go. That was super valuable. Just just what you said about, um, you know, there's a point where you, you know where you're you feel like a, you're stuck in the cycle. You're looking at numbers. It doesn't feel good. It feels yucky. It yeah. feels like. Eh. That is like our intuition screaming at us, like, woman, take a break, reset, whatever you need to do. (laughs) Like, there is a point. There is a point. So I just, I hope that everybody heard that. Like, there there is an actual point because so many people will push past that thinking you're weak or that, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to just push through. And a lot of times all you need is just that that bit of, you know, self-care or that time to yourself or figuring it out or backing away. So thank you for that. That's, I mean, it's just it's really tuning in and listening. And so much of what you said is doing that, like really listening to those signs that, you know, your body and life are giving you. So I want to hear more about the book because I'm super excited and I love this. Love your body, eat without fear, nourish your spirit, discover true balance. So where did these, uh, that's like all encompassing. I mean, that's like, that's (laughs) like, that's like dream life right there. So where did that all come from? Well, when I was writing the book, I decided, okay, it's going to be about aim true. So how can I write about aiming true in all different aspects of your life? So that's where all those subtitles came from, because I was trying to be like, these are the important umbrellas that I want people to learn how to to aim true. So, you know, it's about aiming true and loving your body, this this body image and loving the skin that you're in and where you are in your life. Um, Learning to let go of these neuroses and fears that we that we have around the dinner table and what are we putting into our body and what is that going to do to me? Like did I have too many chocolate covered almonds, you know what I mean? <laughs> like screw it. I had so much fun and the almonds were delicious. Like that's <laughs> fine. And, and getting people back into a dialogue where you don't have that ticker tape thing going around your brain telling you I'm not worthy. This was too much. I did something bad. Um, you know, trying to find true balance and aiming true in the way that you think through this meditation and, and self care and, and relationships with your tribe members, tribe members with your romantic relationships, platonic, everything. So it, you know, I just, I was like, what are the heavy hitters? What are, what are the topics that everyone struggles with? What are the topics that people have questions about and, and getting them back into a place that's, that's present in each of these genres? So what does, and this is going to be a big one, I know for the people listening, but really, and I know you touched on it a bit, but eat without fear. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest tips maybe you could give around eating without fear. If, if maybe it's somebody, um, you know, overcoming maybe their beliefs of just the past from somebody else, from over dieting, from under eating, whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I really go deeply into how we view our body because it starts there and this is something that's so important to recognize is that you cannot get approval from someone else. You know, it doesn't matter how people speak to you or what they think of what you look like. It really boils down to how you feel about yourself and getting back to this idea that our physical body, uh, I call it our, our meat suit. This meat suit is just this outfit that encompasses our soul and our soul on this human journey is what we should be work on, uh, working towards, the, the work on evolving our spirit. And we get so hung up on what the physical outer casing looks like instead of what's going on on the inside. So try to take the reader on this journey to remember what actually matters, that you are not your body, that this body is here to support you and it's a beautiful vessel and it's amazing and we want to take care of it so it doesn't fall apart on us. Mm-hmm. But when we fixate on how we look, 
Like that's what truly starts to deteriorate our minds and our soul. And then we take that to our table where we think like, oh, if I just have green juice all day long, I'm going to be healthy. But, you know, if I have that one glass of wine or that one like sugary thing, that's going to like set me off track for the rest of the week when that's not balanced. And I want people to get back to a place where, yeah, you can have a kale salad, but then you can have cookies later. Be like, that's totally fine. They're not negating each other. It's just experiencing everything. And and I want people to be intelligent with the choices that they make. But remember that food is a beautiful way to experience love. Mm. And as a cook, like that's what I do when I cook food. I'm putting my energy, my experience, my love into the ingredients, into the meal that I'm making and serving that to people that I care about. Mm. And so to reject that in a form is rejecting love. Mm. And so if we can get people back to that place where this is an experience, this isn't caloric intake per se, this is an experience. And to allow yourself to live in that moment while you're eating your food. Oh my goodness. I was like totally on that journey with you and I'm super excited to eat some love tonight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So how do I know um, how to nourish my spirit? How can I follow that? How can I figure that out? I think, you know, what I really broke down in the book is that beginning of the meditation, because I I do think we live in a, a day and age where we're so stimulated visually and we are so easily distracted where, like I said, it's, it's difficult for me to watch a movie without checking my Twitter or looking at my emails or being like, oh, I need to go vacuum or something. <laughs> so, you know, whatever we can do to get our brain to calm down. And so I think the meditation practice is such a, a beautiful tool to nourish our mind because it, it gives us back into a more simplistic state. And, and when I say simplistic, just a, a more authentic, original state from where our mind used to be as opposed to the how bombarded it is with ideas and images and, and challenges and, and, and comparison right now. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the key ways is getting back to a quiet place and getting back to a place that's honest instead of like, it, it just feels like our brain lives in the middle of Times Square right now mm-hmm. and, and getting back to the countryside as opposed to being right smack in the middle of Midtown. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the first step to me for really nourishing the mind through this. That's beautiful. Okay. So as a reader, what do you want me or what do you expect um, for me to get out of this book? And who is it really, who do you think it's for? You know, I wrote the book for everyone and I know that my branding is very feminine. And so it's it's probably going to appeal to more women than it would to men, but I've been really thrilled on the book tour. I've had uh, people of all ages and genders come out and, and meet me, which is just thrilling. So I wanted to, it's a unisex book. It's not for young girls. It's for everyone. It's just a universal message. And it's for anyone who wants to be comfortable in their skin and wants to feel empowered and wants to feel connected and happy and like they have the tools to pursue the kind of life that they truly want to live. So I would say that's everyone. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't want to leave anyone out of of that kind of definition. Mm, Love that. And P.S. Everyone likes flowers. So (laughs) it's for everyone, everyone. Okay. So um, before we wrap up, I have a few questions. But before that, I want to make sure that people can connect with you because you are so much fun to follow. Um, You know, those people who you just, you can get a few posts across your whatever social media you're following on. It just makes you feel better. just elevates you because they're pouring love out into all they're doing. So where can we get your book? Where can we follow you, connect with you? Sure. So uh, probably the easiest is katherinebutig.com and it's kind of a unique spelling. It's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. B-U-D-I-G. So that's my homepage and that has my travel schedule. There's a link to the book. You can get that on harpercollins.com or basically anywhere where books are sold. It's on Barnes and Noble and, and, uh, books a million Amazon and all that jazz. And, um, my social handles, that's going to be a good way to connect with me. My Instagram and Twitter is at Catherine Budig and my Facebook is forward slash Catherine Budig yoga. Mm, awesome. You guys make sure you go and follow. Um, okay. Last questions. What's, <laughs> I, I have three rapid fire questions here for you. So, all right. All right. Favorite food or recipe in your book? Uh, probably the citrus salmon and green sauce. Then mm. the juice. It's just, it's beautiful. It's great if you're trying to impress someone or 
someone a new date or someone you've lived with for 20 years it's gorgeous and it's absolutely divine there's so many bombs of flavor in there that I love (laughs) yum oh my goodness I'm like you're hitting me on a hungry day okay (laughs) (laughs) favorite book or you can give me two if you want well two is more selfish for me but favorite book uh, okay. I'm going to go to, cause you mentioned too. Okay. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. I just love it. Okay. I just absolutely love it. And this is so weird. And I'd like to say that I was a fan way before vampires were popular, but Dracula, the original Bram, Stor- Bram Stoker's Dracula. Ooh. I read it when I was a little girl and it's been book-eared and it's all tattered and I love that story. It's so good. Oh, I love that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> all right. Someone asks you and you have 30 seconds to answer because I don't know, maybe you're in an elevator. I don't know. (laughs) How can I be happy? What do you tell them? Oh my gosh. How can you be happy? Um, I would say ultimately happiness is going to be a choice and knowing that happiness doesn't necessarily come in the form of a unicorn eating cotton, cotton candy, you know, happiness is, is pursuing what is exciting for you, which may mean that it's challenging and often painful and confusing, but it's that ability to every day wake up and say, I choose this. I want to feel good. I want to feel happy and I'm going to take care of myself and be kind and compassionate and observant to the people around me and, and treat everyone equally. I think that's a huge key to happiness as well. Oh, amazing. Catherine, I have so loved our conversation. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, amazing. I feel like I got some (laughs) some, some of my own coaching today. So (laughs) you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure that you share it, make sure that you go and follow her. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? 
And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.